0: Welcome to Word Today. I am your host Levi Johnny Griffin. If you are new here, I want you to know that everyone has a bias. Everybody. Everyone. I need you to find yours. Check it at the door because on Word Today, the only opinion that matters is God. Listen, today we're going to be talking about unlocking your passion and your purpose. Unlocking that animal inside of you, that beast As they say, inside of you that is driven, that is focused, that knows what it wants, that goes after what it wants. That achiever, that entrepreneur, that writer, that pastor, that singer on the inside of you that is destined and created to be great once we get back. Okay. So the topic is I can, so I will, and I won't wait unlocking the passion and purpose within. Okay. There are, there are a few things that we're going to go over. Four things mainly. One, we're going to tell you, I'm going to tell you to dream the impossible. I'm going to tell you that the only dream worth dreaming is the impossible. Why dream the possible? Why dream what people can do already? Next, believe only you can fulfill the impossible. Third, act upon that feeling. And fourth, never wait for the ideal moment. So let's go on to number one. Dream the impossible. Listen, you must dream the impossible. No one could fly, but the Wright brothers decided, you know what? Uh, We're going to fly. The impossible is the only thing worth doing. They didn't say, oh, well, we're going to. You know, ride horses. Everybody's riding horses. We're gonna have buggies. Everybody's making buggies. Listen, dream the impossible. God has put an impossible dream in you that only you can fulfill. We're gonna. Our text today is out of Genesis. It's, It's Joseph and his dreams. Listen, God put dreams in him that were impossible, that seemed. Like they could never be fulfilled a farm boy. That's not the oldest, but literally the youngest at the time becoming the leader of the family over over the, the first born. That that's virtually impossible. But he dreamed it and it happened. The impossible. The impossible. Listen, is the only thing worth dreaming. There's a uh, entrepreneur by the name of Dan Price. He decided that he was going to pay everyone in his corporation seventy thousand dollar base salary. Hey, what do you do? I watch the windows. How much do you make? Seventy grand. Every single per every single purpose, uh person. Damn price. Look it up. Gravity Space. It's a merchant uh uh company. They deal with credit cards and stuff like that. And uh and it started off by helping people. That sounded impossible. Now he's been on TV countless times. Uh television sensation, internet sensation. Other CEOs are following his lead. It is it seemed impossible. It seems uh, uneconomical. Uh, it seemed anti-capitalism. It's some. Russell Limbaugh even call, uh, called him a socialist uh, and said that basically he hopes he failed. Everything is against him or was against him. It seemed like from some of the critics, he's being hailed as a hero on one side, uh, basically uh, someone that is not business savvy on the other side. But since he's done that, his company has grown and grown and grown Dream the impossible. It is the only thing worth dreaming. But I will tell you, just like with Rush Limbaugh and Dan Price, the impossible will offend people. There will be people that will be offended by your audacity. Now, your audacity doesn't affect him. Whether Dan pays his employees seventy thousand dollars, one hundred thousand dollars or five dollars, it doesn't affect Rush Limbaugh. Doesn't affect his pockets, doesn't affect his family, doesn't affect his His state doesn't make a big ripple, really, on anything that would even come close, six layers removed to him. But having the audacity to do what others say is impossible will offend people. You need to get in your mind that when you dream the impossible, people will be offended. Period. We're going to see that with Joseph. Joseph says, hey, man, this is my dream. And his brothers say they, they hate him more than they ever hated him before. Why? Because he dared to dream something that they weren't dreaming. He dreamed he dreamt the impossible. It will offend people. Also, it will temporarily hurt your present. We will see that his brothers uh, get angry at him and they, they are vindictive toward him. Why? Because they're offended. So sometimes it's, you think, well, maybe let, let me not, let me just stay in my little bubble, let me stay in my place, let me not get too out of hand, let me not get too carried away, because if I dream too big, people are gonna hate at the office, family members are gonna hate, they're gonna think maybe I'm getting too big for my britches, uh, and, and there's gonna be problems. And guess what, Bubba? There will be problems. There will be problems when you dream the impossible. People will be offended, and your present will be more difficult. But we will see with Joseph that 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 same dream that that offended people, that same dream that hurt your present will also launch you into your future. The dream that that brought pain also brings purpose. We're going to do a little bit of reading here. Uh, Genesis 37, 1 through 28. Uh, Genesis forty-one fourteen through 16 and 38 through 41. Let's start with Genesis 37, 1 through 28. And I'm reading out of the NASB here. So we'll be out of the NASB. Starting at verse one, chapter 37. Now, Jacob lived in the land where his father has sojourned in the land of Canaan. These are the records of the generations of Joseph. Joseph, when 17 years uh, of age, was pasturing the flock with his brothers while he was still a youth. Along with the sons of Bilha and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. And if you know this story of, uh, Jacob, you'll understand, uh, with all of the wives, uh, and the, the handmaids and all of the, the lineage of the children and kind of the dichotomy there. But anyway, he's there with his brothers with, you know, from all of the mother, the wives and there's four of them, the two that he wanted, uh, Rachel and Leah and then their handmaidens, Bilhah and Zilpah which became his wives to bear children for uh, Rachel and Leah. But anyway, and Joseph brought back a bad report about them to their father. So Joseph went told on the brothers. He's the youngest. He's the younger. He's the baby boy. and He just went told on his brothers. First three. Now Israel loved Joseph. So that's daddy. The dad loved Joseph more than all his sons because he was the son of his old age. He was the baby boy and he had him. Israel had him. Jacob had him when he was really old. So he's like, hey, I'm still a made him feel like he was a young, you know, stud still pumping out babies. So it it, Joseph made every time he looked at Joseph, he he felt pride within himself and he made him a very colored tunic. That's the coat of many colors. His brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers. So they hated him and could not speak to him on friendly terms. Then Joseph had a dream. And when he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. He said to them. Please listen to this dream, which I have had for behold, we were binding sheaves in the field and lo, my sheaf rose up and also stood erect and behold, your sheaves gathered around and bowed down to my sheaf. Then his brother said to him, are you actually going to reign over us or are you really going to rule over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. Now he had still another dream and related it to his brothers, and said, Lo, I have had still another dream. And behold, the sun and the moon and eleven stars were bowing down to me. He related it to his father and to his brothers. And his father rebuked him and said to him, What is this dream that you have had? Shall I and your mother and your brothers actually come to bow ourselves down before you to the ground? His brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the saying, in mind then his brothers went to pasture their father's flock in shechem israel said to joseph are not your brothers pasturing the flock in shechem come and i will send you to them and he said to him i will go then he said to him go now and see about the welfare of your brothers and the welfare of the flock and bring word back to me so he sent him from the valley of hebron and he came to Shechem. So basically you're good at tattletaling. Go find out what's going on and come tell me, come tell me what's, what's going on. Verse 15. A man found him and behold, he was wandering in the field. And the man asked him, what are you looking for? He said, I am looking for my brothers. Please tell me where they are pasturing the flock. The man said, they have moved from here for I heard them say, let us go to Dotham. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them at Dotham. When they saw him from a distance and before he came close to them, they plotted against him to put him to death. They said to one another, here comes the dreamer. Now, then come and let us kill him and throw him into one of the pits. And we will say a wild beast devoured him. Then let us see what will become of his dreams. But Reuben heard this and rescued him out of their hands and said, let us not take his life. Reuben further said to them, shed no blood. Throw him into this pit that is in the wilderness, but do not lay hands on him, that he might rescue him out of their hands to restore him to his father. So Reuben saying, hey, let's not kill him. Let's just throw him in a pit. And in Reuben's mind, they're going to throw him in a pit and then he's going to come back and save him and bring him back to daddy. So it came about when Joseph reached his brothers that they stripped Joseph of his tunic, the very colored tunic or the coat of many colors that was on him. And they took him and threw him into the pit. Now, the pit was empty without any water in it. So it was basically a well, but it didn't have water in it. And they threw him in it. Verse 25. Then they sat down to eat a meal. And as they raised their eyes and looked, behold, a caravan of Ishmaelites was coming from Gilead with their camels bearing aromatic gum and balm and myrrh on their way to bring them down to Egypt. Judah said to his brothers, what profit is it for us to kill our brother and cover up his blood? Come on and let us sell him to the Ishmaelites and not lay our hands on him, for he is our brother, our own flesh. And his brothers listened to him. Then some Midianite traders passed by, so they pulled him up and lifted Joseph out of the pit and sold him to the Ishmaelites for 20 shekels of silver. They Thus they brought Joseph into Egypt. So basically they sold uh, their brother Joseph into slavery. And then from there he got pulled Uh, sold into Egypt. So let's go to chapter 41, verses 14 through 16. Starting at 14. Then Pharaoh sent and called for Joseph. So Joseph has been sold into Egypt, into slavery in Egypt. He gets first to Potiphar's house. uh, And then from there he goes to prison because he's falsely accused of rape. Um, And in prison he interprets some dreams. The people in prison, one of them gets out and works for the Pharaoh. The Pharaoh has a dream and needs to interpret it. And the person tells him about Joseph here here entering or basically here enters Joseph. Then Pharaoh sent and called for Joseph and they hurried, brought him out of the dungeon. And when he had shaved himself and changed his clothes, he came to Pharaoh. Pharaoh said to Joseph, I have had a dream, but no one can interpret it. And I have heard it said about you that when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. Joseph then answered Pharaoh saying, it is not me. God will give Pharaoh a favorable answer. So he gives glory to God. He doesn't take any any glory for himself. He gives it to God. Starting at 38. Then Pharaoh said to his servants, can we find a man like this in whom is a divine spirit? So Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has informed you of all of this, there is no one so discerning and wise as you are. So basically Joseph interprets the dream. You shall be over my house, and according to your command, all my people shall do homage. Only in the throne I will be greater than you. Pharaoh said to Joseph, see, I have set you over all the land of Egypt. So basically, Pharaoh makes him king over all of Egypt. And the only king greater than Joseph is the Pharaoh himself. But the exclusion of the Pharaoh himself, Joseph is the king of all of Egypt. So you have an Israelite boy sold into slavery, put in jail, and now is the king of a foreign land, the most powerful nation on the planet. Going back to dream the impossible, he dreamt the impossible. He saw, and, and dreaming is a gift. God gives you vision. Remember the Bible tells, hey, my people perish for lack of vision, for lack of sight, for lack of of, of not just foreknowledge, but dreaming of the foreknowledge, dreaming of of things that could be. Joseph dreamt of what could be. Even when his brothers hated him for it, even when they wanted to kill him for it, he dreamt of what could be. So it, it will offend people. It offended his brothers. It will temporarily hurt you because he was in prison. He was uh, a slave. But in soon and very soon, he wasn't a slave or in prison long. He still had his youth when he became king. It will launch you into your future. Dream the impossible. Bible says, write it down, make it plain. You need to write down your dreams. You need to talk about your dreams. And yes, people at the job are going to hate you. They're going to think you're too good. Your, your family probably won't like you. But but write it down. Dream big. Write it down. Fulfill uh or, or don't be afraid to dream about what seems impossible to fulfill. So one, and I can, so I will, and I won't wait, unlocking your passion, And purpose uh, is to dream the impossible. Number two, you need to believe only you can fulfill the impossible. And and I'm not and I'm not talking about being arrogant. This has nothing at all to do with arrogance or being arrogant. uh, But it is about being confident. You know, some people you go up to them and say, listen. I need you to do this and they go, Oh, I don't know if I can do that. And I, and I understand you want to be humble and you want to you don't want to overstate yourself. But sometimes you need to go. You know what? I can do that. Even if you can't do it, go figure it out. Don't turn down the work because you don't think you're qualified. Accept the work. Have faith that God will bless you in it and take some time and learn it and do it. Well, do it right and do it well. You know, don't put someone's life on the line. You're telling people you're a a, a flight instructor. You've never flown a plane before. But if you've flown on a plane before and you've flown for 14 hours and someone asked you to fly for 16, say, you know what? I can't. I, can. I believe I can. I believe I can. Put your faith in God, your ability and have a little confidence. There are some people that shoot themselves down before they ever before the gun is even fired. Oh, I don't know if I can run that fast. Hey, train for it. Do it. Don't shoot yourself down. Uh You have to understand our largest enemy is the voice in our head that say you can't. You can't. You've only flown 14 hours. You've never run for eight miles before. You can't do a half marathon. You, what do you know about starting a business? What do you know about being a pastor? Oh, you're going to talk to those people about Jesus? You don't know the Bible inside and out. The biggest, the biggest voice, the biggest enemy we have is our own mind telling us we can't listen, dream big and two, believe. That you can fulfill the impossible dream, the impossible, and then believe that you can fulfill the impossible. You can. I'm telling you here. Remember, all things work together for the good of those that love him. That's God. Romans 8:28. that are called according to his purpose. Do you believe you're called according to God's purpose? Of course you are. If you weren't, you wouldn't be listening to this podcast. You wouldn't be a believer. You wouldn't be a Christian. So if you're called to his purpose, do you honestly believe that God will call you to a task that he hadn't well equipped you to accomplish? You are well equipped to accomplish your task. Believe in it. So dream the impossible. Believe you can fulfill the impossible. Number three, act upon the impossible. When they called Joseph, he was humble. He says, When when the Pharaoh says, hey, listen, man, uh, I've been told that you can interpret dreams. He says, no, I can't. But God can. God will give you a favorable. God will use me to give you a favorable account. Act upon the gifting that you know God gave you. If God gave you an ability to sing, if God gave you an ability to dance, if God believe in that, if God gave it to you, believe in it. Well, how do I know God gave gave it to me? Are there people around you that can't do it, but you can? All right. Then God gave it to you, apparently, because he didn't give it to them. He gave it to you. There are some things that you are good at. You can walk into a room. You go, oh, those blinds are wrong. This floor should be purple. Everybody else say don't see it. But you see it because God has given you an eye for fashion. You can walk into. And, and I believe Bishop Bishop T.D. Jakes that says, hey, your ministry is what you can't stand. If you can't tan, stand for people to sing off key, then your ministry is probably to be the choir director. And you're going to use that gift to make the choir sound better than it ever Sounded before. If you if you can't stand to see a movie that is off and the plot is off, then you're probably called to be a writer or a director. If you can't stand for uh, people to, to lie, and then you're probably called to, to teach on truth and honesty and how to deal with the, the side effects of doing something wrong and having to tell the truth about it. Your ministry is probably the thing that irks you the most. That's that's the thing that you're going to be passionate about the most, the thing that you're going to talk about most The most dream the impossible, believe you can fulfill the impossible and act upon that feeling. Why? Why do you want to act upon that feeling? Because the second large, the largest enemy is the one in your head saying you can't. The second largest enemy is the voice in your head saying you can't right now. That's the that's the second largest enemy you have. The one that says you can't right now. Oh, I know you want to be a director, but you can't right now. You got a kid. You got some you got full time job. How how are you going to pay for these? You know, the the equipment. How are you going to find find that? Oh, you want to be a writer. But listen, you're a mother. You got kids running around. How are you going to? Oh, you want to be a manager? What do you know about being a manager? Everybody else is more qualified than you are. Oh, oh, you want to be a pastor. But listen, look at your past. You can't do that. Not right now. You know what? Just pray on it. And maybe one day in the future you want to go to school. Oh, I don't know about going to school. How are you going to afford that? Where are you going to get the time from? Your Your next biggest enemy is that voice in your head saying you can't right now. The first one saying you can't, that's just trying to block you. But but if you have enough angst about you, if you know that God is with you and if God before you, that nothing can be against you, then you'll blow that voice off. But you're more apt to listen to that second voice that says, oh, you you can do it, but you just can't right now. But see, that voice is seductive. That's saying you can do it. And you go, well, yeah, you know what? You're right, I can't do it. But you can't right now. And you go, well, well, I guess that's true. Maybe, maybe this isn't the best time. Maybe, maybe in the future, maybe, maybe uh next time or maybe, 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 you know, maybe tomorrow. Right. And tomorrow never comes. You know, you want to go to school, go to school. There's people that go to school and they're just as busy, if not busier than you. You want to start that business, start that business. That's people that start business without money. Start with little clientele. Start by researching it. Start by writing a business plan. Going to the SBA. You want to be a pastor? Start writing sermons. You don't even have anybody to preach to, but start writing sermons. And start preaching in your bedroom. Pre- look at the mirror and preach to yourself. until you perfect what God, the gift God has given you. He's given you a gift. Work it. Work your gift. And the Bible says your gift will make room for you. It will put you in the presence of great people. Work your gift. If you're not in front of great people, it's because you're not working your gift. Number one, dream the impossible. You must dream the impossible. Number two, act upon, excuse me, believe that you can fulfill the impossible. Number three, act upon that feeling. And number four, never wait. Never wait. Remember, the uh, second biggest enemy you have is the one that says you can't. Right now, you can't. Right now, what if the pharaoh would have summoned summoned Joseph to come interpret his dream, and Joseph would have went, "Oh, I could interpret it, but I just can't right now. I'm I'm in a jailhouse. I I live with prisoners. You know, I I I don't. You're a palace. I'm in a prison. We're not on the same level. You're way above me. I can't. You know, maybe in a few years I get out of prison. You know, I'll try to get me a nice little job, save up some money, get some better clothes than this." Uh, maybe go to school and learn a little, learn, uh, you know, Egyptian hieroglyphics and learn the culture a little bit better. Try to put myself in a better position that way when I come and talk to you, that, you know, we're more on an even keel. But, but maybe, you know, but give me some time to get myself ready. I can do it, just not right now. But see, that's where faith comes in. Hebrew 11. What does it tell us? It tells us now faith, now faith, right now. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. That's in the future. The evidence of things not seen in the current. So what is faith? Now faith. Now faith is this thing that you have right now. Not in the past. You don't need faith for yesterday. You already know what happened. You know what happened yesterday. You don't need faith to know what already happened. But it's it's the substance of things hoped for. You're hoping for things in the future with no evidence in the present. That's when you need now faith. Now faith is saying, hey, the pharaoh wants me to interpret his dream. Let me just throw on the best clothes I have, take a bath, shave, a little bit try to get as presentable as I can right now. I'm, I'm I'm believing that I'll be able to bless the pharaoh. That's what I'm hoping for. But right now I'm I'm in squalor. Right now, uh I have favor in this jail, but it's still a jail. I'm the highest man on a small hill. Where he's on the top of a mountain. But my now faith is saying right now, I'm going to believe that I can go talk to the man on a mountain just as if I was on a mountain. My now faith says, you know what, I can go to school and succeed, even though I have all of these other responsibilities. My now faith says, you know what, I can see myself being a multi-billionaire business owner, even though I'm only scratching two pennies together right now. So I'm going to grab some books, go to the SBA, try to Google how to write a business plan, because my now faith can look at my current situation and dismiss it But while I focus on my tomorrow, my now faith doesn't see me uh, in the squalor. My now faith sees me on the mountain. My now faith doesn't see me struggling in to, to make the schooling work. My now faith sees me walking down, picking up my diploma. My now faith doesn't see me broke. My now faith sees me financially successful. My now faith doesn't see me with a stuttering problem. My now faith sees me preaching to millions of people over the Internet over uh the television. Because that's my now faith. It's the substance of things hoped for. The things in the future. I have no evidence of it right now. But my now faith. Sees it. Dream the impossible. It has to be impossible. or It's not worth doing. No one writes books about the normal. Oh the most mediocre guy in the world. And they have a six page. Uh. You know, intro, uh, and a, you know, award winning bestseller, selling novel. No. No. They write about the Wright brothers. They write about Henry Ford. They write about Apollo 13. They write about the first man uh, out of Walk on the Moon, Neil Armstrong. They, they, they write about, uh, the first this and the first that and the greatest this. Dream the impossible. Believe you can fulfill. The impossible. Act upon the impossible and never wait. Never, never wait. Why? What if Joseph would have waited? What if Joseph would have waited? If he would have never spoke his vision to his family, they wouldn't have been offended and things would have been happy with him. He would have been a very happy sheep farmer who would have eventually uh, wound up working for his brothers as they inherited the land. And then the land would have went into famine and his brothers would have lost the land and they may have even died in poverty. But instead, he he dreamt the impossible. He spoke the impossible. They hated him for it, sold him into slavery. He eventually becomes king and with that power saves his old family when the famine hits. All because he dreamt the impossible. He felt that he could fulfill the impossible. He acted upon the impossible and he didn't wait for the right moment. Let me tell you this. The right moment never comes the right. Oh, we're waiting for the right time to have a baby. Okay, see you when you're 65, buddy. The right time never comes. Never. now, Now, this isn't a license to be irrational, but this is just you have to understand the right time never comes. That's why it's walking out on faith. Jesus didn't calm the storm when Peter stepped out. He just gave Peter the faith to step out, to stand on water. And they we, we talk about Jesus walking on water, but guess what? Pete, Peter took some steps, too. He may sank a little bit, and Jesus grabbed him, pulled him right back up, and they walked back to the boat together. That's how it happens. You start sinking. It's okay. Jesus will grab your hand, pull you right back out, and you'll walk to shore. You'll walk into your destiny together. Now, we don't mention Jesus without mentioning Peter. How good is that? Jesus looks at Peter and says, hey, man, you're my rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church. Dream the impossible. It's the only thing worth dreaming. Believe that you can fulfill the impossible. Not your neighbor. Not, not your cousin. Not your mama nim or papa nim. You. Believe you can do it. Act upon that feeling. You know what? I can do it so I will. I can, so I will. And I won't wait. Never wait. Because now faith is. Listen, I really appreciate you checking out today's podcast. Make sure to find me on Facebook, facebook facebook.com forward slash Levi Johnny Griffin. Hit me up on Twitter at Levi underscore Griffin. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcast Platforms, Google Podcast Platforms, and Stitcher. Also, Place a link to this podcast in your social media feed and tag me in it, Levi Johnny Griffin, for a chance to co-host a show with me. Hey, I want to leave you with this. Four evidences of Christian faith. One is belief. We believe in what Jesus did on the cross. This is what covers us and gives us access to the glory of God. B, lifestyle. It just means we live like we believe it. Jesus tells us to live right. We live right. C, we evangelize. What does that mean? We teach other people About Jesus so they can have faith. Indeed, we spread the lifestyle. We teach them how to live like they have faith. How do we do that? We connect them to a church and we connect them to plenty of Christian material, Bibles, Christian books, Christian movies like The Passion, and even Christian podcasts like Word Today. Share it with your friends. If it's blessing you and you're eating and growing from it, let someone else eat and grow from it as well. I love each and every one of you. Let's keep praying and keep pushing in the faith together.